My dear friends in Christ, every Christmas Eve, that account from Luke chapter 2 has just so many wonderful details in it, and uh, over the years I've grabbed a verse, um, or almost even just a phrase, uh, as something to get to talk about and meditate on and then preach on for Christmas Eve worship. And the focus for tonight that I have in mind is the little transition between um, the birth of baby Jesus and she wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no guest room available. That little transition to, and there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. I'd like to talk to you about just what it feels like to put those two next to each other. And to begin and to illustrate this, I'd like you to think of this question and reflect for yourself if you could be anywhere right now and do anything right now, like Make-A-Wish Christmas. If you could be anywhere and do anything right now, what would it be? Where would you go? What would you be doing? It's uh, an incredible feeling of freedom you can have if we were able to just snap our fingers and be where we wanted to be and do where we wanted to do. And I, I think I'd like you to begin tonight thinking about what that would be like. I want you to begin thinking about really being all-knowing and all-powerful like God is. So let's say you knew 2020 before anybody else knew it was coming. What would you have done differently? Where would you have been? And what would you have done, right? If you had predicted, to predict it, if you could predict every, not just predict, if you would know every winning lottery number, if you would know every thought and the person next to you, every plan somebody else had, if there were absolutely no surprises because you knew everything and had the ability to move and shake things just as you wanted them, where would you be and what would you do? It's in that freedom that we get all excited and wish somebody could sort of pull that trigger and give me that kind of Christmas. And yet, think of it from God's perspective. Because God, after all, doesn't play God. He is God. He does God. He, he speaks God and he lives God. He can't not be God. He is God and he's really good at it. And God is one who knows everything and God is one who has the ability to do ever, anything that he wants. And now I want you to see his tiny infant face on Christmas Eve. The God who needs nothing. The God who is everything is found wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. Doesn't it just put a little bit of a wrinkle when it comes to what you consider to be a gift? 
if this is God's great gift and it doesn't have what we might tie our hearts to, where would I would have been with that kind of knowing, where I would have been with that kind of power, and yet here God himself is in that kind of knowing and in that kind of power. That's where God is. It's important for you to know that this Christmas story says a ton about God. If you were at all confused or upset or shaking your fist at God with this 2020 or the life that you have or blue Christmas that you feel and now you get to Christmas Eve night and fine, I'll tune in and I'm sort of here. It's a time to look at the true God in the face. Tonight is a flesh and blood savior placed in a manger and you get to look in his face placed in a manger, which kids have to remind us, and so do the hymns. This is a feeding trough for animals when he was born. You run back through the details and you say, if this is a gift, this is insanely weird. You know, you have to almost reduce what you think of as a gift to something simple. We have a simple Christmas on our hands. We have simplified Christmas traditions. You have simplified Christmas experiences. You have simplified Christmas worship. And perhaps it's a good thing we get down to a story that really is a very simplified story. It's not about the thrills Jesus could enjoy by coming to earth. It's not about digging up some of that good old gold underneath the ground that Jesus said, I want me some of that. It's not about opening his eyes for the first time in flesh and blood just to see what it feels like. Or so that all people could clap and sing his praises. Did he come for this? When God, who knew everything and could do whatever he wanted, came, wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. He came to be born in Bethlehem because it was the line of David, which was the line of a promise that God himself had made and was now fulfilling. It's not a special family line for any other reason. It's not a special city for any other reason. In fact, I I thought to myself, if Bethlehem were a city, what city would it be? Excuse me. If Bethlehem were a year, what kind of year would it be? Would it be your, like, my best year? My best year, that would be a Bethlehem kind of city. That'd be a good match. No, it'd probably be more like the 2020 year would be a great match for Bethlehem. It's just this tiny little place. It's not the capital city. It's not the brightest and best. It doesn't have a shorefront, you know? It's... It's just Bethlehem. And yet there he is. And not only there he is, there he is outside the city. There he is with no guest room available to them. He could have timed that one differently too, couldn't he? (laughs) And yet when God made his choice, doesn't it tell you something about God's gift? He does not come in flesh and blood so he can dig up gold for you either. 
And he does not come in flesh and blood so that you can be rich and famous. He doesn't come so that you can have all the things you, you put your eyes on. He doesn't come so that he can give you the thrill of happiness day in and day out. He comes to save the soul. He comes into this lowly place. He comes into the peasant's hand. He comes into the Mary and Joseph life. He comes down to the feeding trough. Of all the ways, of all the circumstances, of all the things Jesus could have done by his choice when he came into our world, this is the story you hear every Christmas. She wrapped him in cloths and put him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. It's almost embarrassing. You would not get a postcard and tell this story. Under normal circumstances, and yet it's the story that gets told year after year because when you strip it down and realize the great thing about Christmas is that despite all the circumstances and lowliness that surround it, yet there, feeding trough or not, Bethlehem or not, peasant family or not, there's my God in my flesh to save me. When you strip it down, we still have every reason to rejoice. You do. Flesh and blood do. And that's exactly what gets sandwiched next to the telling of this greatest birth in the history of mankind. The birth of God's son into the world has this sentence that ends with no guest room available to them, period. And there's this hit the enter button and start a new paragraph. And the paragraph completely leaves this epitome moment, this pinnacle of all of time and space that God would would so restrain, so place himself, so position himself to be our savior. The biggest news of all. Such wonderful thing for us. And just after you finish that sentence, boom, we're taken. And there were shepherds. Because scripture is making a marriage for you. To say this flesh and blood Jesus is for all flesh and blood people. And so it just reaches, it just kind of lets you hang on to that little manger scene moment and it reaches out and grabs on to the shepherds in the fields nearby and says, come, you're human, you're people, and so is your savior. Come, worship him. He's your gift. It's just the next paragraph. And there were shepherds. And they're living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks by night. And again, it's almost like you have this huge focus put on the shepherds. Is it because they were quintessential believers on the hillsides? It's likely they were believers longing for the Messiah to come. And yet, they're not on their knees praying 24-7 or doing all these charitable things to get God's attention and say, pick us, pick us. Please send your angels to pick us. You know, we're totally worthy of being the first ones that get to go visit this family. No. 
They're nearby. They're nearby. They're people. They're sinners. And they're nearby their Savior. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby. And they were doing what shepherds do, keeping watch over their flocks by night. And there were people on Christmas Eve doing what people do, gathering with their loved ones, making plans for tomorrow, living their lives, serving their Lord in retirement or at school or at a job, taking care of family and friends, showing love when the opportunities arise. And they're nearby. Just as surely as those angels made such a grand and majestic announcement to shepherds, to these poor, not the wittiest, not the smartest, not the richest, not the best reputation, not the most well-connected in society, not the well-to-do, not the well-offs, but the shepherds under the open sky who were just nearby. Sinners. The angels came to them Hence, in the same way God's word comes to you. It comes to you tonight no differently to make sure a marriage happens. That the gift is definitely a different kind of gift in the manger that you find would be married to the heart inside your chest. That the gift would be matched to the sinner's darkness as light in that world, as hope to the hopeless, as holiness and righteousness and payment for sin, all swaddled up as God's Christmas gift to you that you may live in peace and quietness and joy and freedom forever. Those angels those angels could have sung to a lot of different people, but they went just to the shepherds nearby, and the story is told so that you know for you nearby, it's just as much for you. Take it home. My dear brothers and sisters, with such, with such a gift at Bethlehem, let me ask you again, if you could be anywhere or do anything with such a word that God has spoken to you from heaven that you only hear in Scripture. What would you do if you had the choice to do anything? What would you read? What would you sing? Where would you be? A Merry Christmas to you, in the name of Christ our Lord. Amen.